This episode of Chatty Broads is sponsored by Green Chef. If you've ever been so hungry at dinner time that you stare blankly into your refrigerator until something that resembles a meal pops out at you, spoiler alert, it never does. So you resort to eating a block of cheddar cheese and call it a night. This feels very familiar to me. Uh, then you need Green Chef in your life. Oddly specific, but I can definitely relate. When you use Green Chef, eating well is super easy with plans designed to fit every lifestyle. They've got keto, paleo, vegan, and a lot more. So you get pre-portioned, partially prepared ingredients shipped right to your door. And all you have to do is assemble and enjoy. Go to greenchef.com slash chatty130 and use code chatty130 to get $130 off plus free shipping. That's greenchef.com slash chatty130 and use code chatty130 to get $130 off plus free shipping. And welcome to another episode of Chatty Broads with Becca and Jess. Okay, I'm giving my organic intro a shot. Yeah, we're trying this so, organic intro. Uh, so, Becca, uh, it's great to see you. I can't do the organic intro. Well, we can even just do it like this. Today, we're, we, we don't even have to say hi. T- today, we're talking about something I'm really excited about. I'm so looking Jess, forward to this. You're here, I'm here, and we're here with a broad. We're here. Broads, we are here with a member of the Broad Squad. It has been a hot minute since we had a Broad Squad member in our presence, and we are so excited to be speaking with Marita White. Thank you so much. So let's let's give a little, let's give a, I'm going to give a little explanation of why we have Marita on. She sent an email that was so intriguing and, uh, and, Okay, first of all, I'll let you get into your backstory, but you told a little bit about personal life stuff that happened. I was like, oh, that's juicy. And because of kind of situations that you are in, you have ended up like renovating and redesigning a whole space around you. And so Marita was like, hey, how about I come on and I talk about like how you can make your space something special, like no matter what it is you're working with, kind of. And Jess and I both thought that was so cool. Yes, I saw that email and I was like, we are hooked. And then, of course, we looked at the photos of the home that you designed. And I'm like, I'm double hooked with the story, with everything. So we are so excited to have you on. Yes. Thank you. This is literally a bucket list item for me. Oh, yay. <laughs> younger, I wanted to be on Jon Stewart. But now that I'm an adult, I want to be on Chatty <laughs> Honestly, Marina, yes. you know how to flatter, okay? <laughs> we love the growth. <laughs> well, I love that you said there's this juicy backstory. And then there's also like this thriving moment. Mm-hmm. Because I like I want to talk about both of those things. Yes. yes. But it's true that I am really thriving and I'm just so excited otherwise I wouldn't be here let's hear a little bit about what got you to where you are now I mean feel free to start at the beginning too, kind of just like your background where you grew up um social security number like just all that kind of thing (laughs) all the things you tell John's story yes oh my gosh well that's such an open-ended question like where to start you know I think I want to like start with and kind of bring you back to and introduce you to 18 year old Marita because yes. this is where it all started. And then I just turned 29 last week. So oh, happy birthday. Thank you. This is like an 11 year process. And so we can talk about, you know, how this came to be kind of the juicy stuff. 
And in that, I want to discuss also for others who might be going through like the same experience or something similar or like any sort of breakup, right? How something ending can also be like the beginning of something really cool. So Mm -hmm. it might get like a little dark, Mm -hmm. but it's going to get really happy at the end. So I guess I'll just start with when I was 18, I was going to school in LA and I'm from Seattle. So it was a new state for me and it was a huge shift in my life because I had been in a really dark place and I had gone through a lot of trauma already as an 18 year old. I had just graduated from like eating disorder rehab. I was like in a really fragile place. I was very heavily medicated. And then I'm like moving several states away to go to school where I knew literally no one. And I didn't have a car, so I couldn't escape from campus. It was just a very odd experience. I only lasted one year in LA. LA chewed me up and spit me out. It was not for me. I'm a Seattle girl at heart. Yeah. And when I was on the airplane flying down and I had just been out of high school, like literally a few months, I met this guy and he was older than me. He was 22. So, I mean, that's only a four-year age difference, Right. but 18 versus 22, you know, you've just gotten out of high school. You're still kind of into like the petty high school drama and you don't even know who you are. And then 22, you're like, graduating college and probably have a job and more life experience. So I met this guy and I wound up marrying him and having a child with him and also divorcing him. So that's kind of where this is going. How quickly did you guys get married? Well, we moved in together about a month after we met. So things moved really fast. And then as soon as I graduated college, so I think like three years into dating, we got married. And then a year after we got married, we had our daughter. So we were always kind of on the fast track. Mm -hmm. And he was this big personality. Like he could move mountains. He could get anything done. He could kind of cheat the system. He was so powerful. And I was like, oh my gosh, I just feel like a kid. This man can protect me Mm. and said all the right things. So then six months into our relationship, I was actually diagnosed with cancer. Whoa. Oh my God. So I was 19 and had my whole thyroid removed, went through like cancer treatment, um, not chemo, luckily, but that spurred on, like I got so sick years later, I was literally bedridden. So it was like, okay, I met this guy. I'm like obsessed with him. Mm -hmm. He's everything I wanted. And now all of a sudden I am like, in a completely different world yeah. trying to like survive. And I think that really like solidified our connection because he cared for me. Like, I don't know, I'm sure you guys have been through it with your partners, but when someone is holding your hand and they're sticking a biopsy needle into your neck and they're saying like, I hope you don't hit your carotid artery. Like you are just latching onto that person. Of course. Right? Of course. Yeah. And, you know, we made it through all of that. And I thought nothing is going to break this. Like this is destiny. It's meant to be. And I have a friend who told me, be careful of the stories we tell ourselves. Mm. Did she tell you that then? No, she told me that when she helped convince me to leave him. (laughs) Yeah. And so there was this whole kind of mythos around our meeting. Like we met accidentally at six in the morning at the airport and we were both from Seattle, but we went to the same school in LA and, you know, then there was all these health issues. And so it all just kind of snowballed. Mm. So that's part of the backstory is like meeting this person, right? 
Well, his dream was always to build a house on the lake where he grew up, which is just kind of outside of Seattle. And he said on our first date, like, I'm going to live there. This is the job I'm going to have. He had like his, essentially his vision board, right? He knew what he wanted. It's not what I wanted. I wanted to get my PhD. I wanted to study the Middle East. I wanted to go live in the Middle East. And instead I sort of changed course. And when I was like 20 years old, I think we bought a piece of property to build that dream house. Mm -hmm. Wow. What did he do? A teacher. Okay. Just like me. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, it was like, this was a long time ago. Well, not a long time ago, but like 10 ish years ago. ago, The property was for sale for like two years because nobody wanted it. So, you know, it's outside of Seattle. It wasn't that expensive. Okay. Yeah. I'm like, that's why I asked. I'm like, what's this guy doing? He's 22 (laughs) buying land. Like, all right. What's weird is we never really had a lot of money. Um, I pretty much was always like in graduate school when we were together. So I wasn't like working in a career at all, but for the property, I had like a small car accident settlement. And then he had some money from family and we put it together and just like did the down payment. Mm -hmm. By the time we built the house, which was five years later, we just got like a construction loan. So it's interesting that, you know, your monthly payment when you buy a house is, you know, much smaller than you might think or much bigger. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. where you are, it's not like you're paying for the whole house at once. Right. We're able to wrap it up into this construction loan. So we built a million dollar house on that piece of property. and. You know, Zillow emails me every day with the price estimate. We don't own it anymore. Now it's 1.5 million. (laughs) And you're like, (laughs) yeah, we did not sell it for a million, by the way. It was like a flash sale. So never got that out of it. But this house, I have to tell you guys, like it was like 2,500 square feet. So pretty big built into the hillside, Uh Scandinavian modern. It was like jet black on the outside there was a column of stairs in the middle that was like clad in cedar. Wow. All the decks, the entire front of the house was glass, like floor to ceiling glass. There was like a 30 foot ceiling in the middle. Did you guys the- design this? Like, did you, you guys designed it? Wow, that's so cool. With an architect, because yeah. you know, a lot of sure. math and that's not my strong suit. Sure. Okay, broads, quick pause. Moms, dads, CEOs, students, service workers, small business owners, I don't care who you are or what you do, life can be tough at times, and that can take a toll on everyone's mental health. And it can be difficult to find the time to prioritize yourself between work, school, your personal relationships, so many things. But Talkspace is out to completely change the way the world gets mental health help. It's therapy on your terms. Yep, that's right. Traditional therapy can present a lot of barriers for people. It takes a lot of time to find a therapist. You have to have the you have to find the uh, an appointment availability from week to week. You have the cost of an in-person visit. It's usually not very accessible for a lot of people. But with Talkspace, it all becomes a whole lot easier. Because first things first, you'll be able to find your perfect matched therapist from one of Talkspace's thousands of therapists across dozens of specialties. And once you find someone you like, you can start talking with them right away. You'll get access to 24-7 messaging so you can say what's on your mind when it's on your mind. And if you want to video chat or do a live session, there's options to set that up as well. If you're struggling with something specific or just need someone to talk to, getting your mental health in order is the best thing you can do for yourself. 
Let Talkspace help. Get the one-sized-fits-one support you need with Talkspace. Sign up today at Talkspace.com and get $100 off your first month with promo code CHATTY. That's $100 off at Talkspace.com, promo code CHATTY. So personal pleasure should be at the top of everyone's to-do list, but we get it. Life likes to get in the way of that. Grocery shopping, work emails, family matters, laundry, the list of what gets in the way of taking care of you is pretty freaking endless. But with the help of Dipsy, it's never been easier to put yourself first. Oh, man. You know, we love Dipsy. Dipsy Stories is the personal wellness app that wants to make sure you are taken care of on the top of your to-do list. It's full of sexy audio and written stories that are designed to turn you on while you turn everything else off. The story library has something for pretty much everyone, and they're so immersive. It feels like you're right there in on the action. You guys, this audio erotica thing, I've said it so many times, it is not corny. It is very hot, muy caliente. You're going to love it. All you have to do is close your eyes and relax. There are literally hundreds of different scenarios and stories to choose from. And every single week, something new is added. So you've always got more to explore. It is a lot of fun. Check it out. And while you're on the app, make sure you check out everything else that Dipsy has to offer as well. I personally love their wellness sessions that are designed to help you wind down and drift off to sleep. They've become one of my secret weapons for getting a good night's rest when I just can't seem to turn my brain off. Dipsy always does the trick. For listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash chatty. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash chatty. That's dip C, like a dip in the sea, stories.com slash chatty. Yes. And it's so like in those meetings when I was like 20, 21 years old, we're like with the architect talking about like how many kids we're going to have, yeah. because that's how many rooms you would have. Like this was the dream house, right? That house, I took a year off of work also had just had a baby to like even hand pick the doorknobs yeah. or like the, what was like the front door and the door handle was custom made in Germany. Like it was yeah. ridiculous. Like you, no you put one, your heart and your soul, like everything was, was there. Yes. And I also want to point out that like, it was ridiculously privileged and I was like 23. (laughs) So I'm kind of, and I have to say, I'm just kind of financially curious about this. Like, was it just a lot less expensive because you guys were building it from the ground up? Yeah. And probably also at the time, what was that? Like 2012 or like 2011 or something like that? Like we got married in 2015. I think we started building it. Oh, okay. Because it was a long time. Like we would work various jobs and then like save up for like one thing. Uh huh. When we eventually paid down the property, you like use that as collateral for your loan. So instead sure. of like, you know, I need a hundred thousand dollar down payment, it's like, yeah. oh, we own the property. So we just use that for the down payment. Uh-huh. Okay. Right, right. Cool if you're able to swing it in the first place. Yeah. yeah. Cool. I mean, we had no business being able to afford that, which happened mm. in the end. Like the monthly payment on it was double my salary mm-hmm. in any financial sense. Like I don't know why we were able to do that. Well, kind of the scary thing when you're building too is that you will come up with an issue. Like we had a rock in the land that we uncovered that was the size of a Volkswagen bug. Oh, they got to get that removed. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that costs money. Brand to remove this, we'll just wrap it up in the loan. It's like, oh, I guess I'm not going to get the tile that I wanted for the bathroom. Or if we do want the tile, then we're going to have to like pay for it ourselves. Or, you know, I mean, we didn't have any money when it was left over, but 
there were always like little things like that. Yeah. We couldn't even afford a driveway. So we just pulled up because it was like on this really steep hill. You just pulled up into the dirt and then we walked up like 56 steps Whoa. to get there. It was not, it was a mess in the end. Whoa. So, okay. So quick question. You had said that, that this was not your dream. This was his dream. So during this process, which again, you're pouring literally everything you have into, are you then, were you like really enjoying it or were you like, I'm doing this because this is what he wants? Like, where were you at emotionally with that? I think emotionally, I really enjoyed it because I kind of flipped a switch. Like once we started building the house, this thing happened with my PhD program. So I am a polyglot. That's my thing. So I'm not a linguist. I don't really know how language works. I can just speak a lot of them. Mm. So my master's program was in Near Eastern languages and I learned 14 languages. Whoa. Wow. It was, it was a lot of work. And I'm not really a language person. People think like, oh, you're really good at it. Like I'm not good at it. Uh-huh. I just like worked really hard. And, and you just really it was, like it. Yeah. And so I like wanted to be a Middle Eastern food historian. I studied the history of coffee in the Middle East. Like it's very niche, right? But that's what you get when you're in a PhD program. So <laughs> my master's, I gave birth to my daughter the day I was supposed to be in class. And uh-huh. so I emailed the professor. I was like, I hope we're good with me just being done now. They said, no, I had to do two weeks more classes like online. It was not fun, but that's okay. So by the time she was born, um, I had my PhD program at the university of Washington fell through because our historian like moved to Yale or something, but I got an offer from Columbia. And so I had to like hail Mary applied to Columbia in New York city. And I got in, I mean, they accepted maybe like five people out of thousands. And so this is where kind of the controlling factor came in and like how I didn't really have a choice. So I loved building the house and I loved this idea of like forever with my person and like growing my family. And I remember showing him that I got into Columbia and he was like, well, if you're going to go, I guess you're going to leave me. Like, okay. And to me, like I felt because I was so entrenched in this. Like I felt like it was my fault. Like I shouldn't have applied. I shouldn't have even wished for that. And I don't know. I've just been thinking about it. Like as partners who work together, I don't really have a good example in my own relationships of someone being like my cheerleader. Mm. And you'd think that, I mean, we were married, we had a child. Like you would say, Oh my gosh, look at this incredible feat. You've worked so hard. I'm so proud of you. And instead it was like, if you do that, I'm gone. Mm. And I like had a baby. I like, what was I going to do? Move to New York where I know nobody. Right. Were there already kind of signs or there already kind of like unhealthy signs in your relationship? Yes. Yes. And so I would say on the best days, the relationship was toxic. And on the worst days, it was scary. Uh Like, Times when I was very scared. Mm. Yes. I'm choosing my words carefully because sure. libel and slander. For me though, I didn't know. Like this is as a teacher, I'm very passionate about teaching my students healthy relationships and like setting boundaries and what good communication looks like because I was just so young and I was sick and we got married and I thought this is how life was supposed to be. But it really wasn't until we were even like picking features for the house that I realized like, oh, I don't actually have any control here. Mm. 
Like there's this illusion of control. You know, I want to build a house with you. Like, let's pick what color the kitchen is going to be. And then there's the, I get the final say, you know, you don't get to go to Columbia. You have to be doing this. Like my current profession as a teacher, which I adore, he chose for me. Like one day he came to me and he said, you need to be making more money. You're going to be a teacher. You can choose if you want to teach elementary or high school, but not middle school. So you choose and I'll come back in a week. Did you envision that you're going to uh, continue to like spend the rest of your life with this person or in your peripheral life vision where you kind of where you kind of like this is going to have to stop at some point? It's a good question. There was only one time when I thought of leaving when I got really scared once Mm -hmm. and I tried to talk to a friend about it and kind of, I couldn't get all the details out. Like I was really worried about what people would think had happened. And the idea was kind of like, oh, well, like everybody gets angry. Right. You know, and I think that's true. Like, I think we need to normalize like all emotions. Like it's normal to get angry in a fight. Right. And it's normal to feel these ways, but it's not normal to like, hurt other people or to treat other people in a way that is like actually physically harmful. Mm -hmm. So I just kind of thought like, this is how couples function. Like Mm -hmm. people don't like conflict. And I learned that I can't stand up for myself because otherwise I will be in danger or otherwise I will get yelled at. And so that for me, I think I feared most getting yelled at. Like Mm -hmm. I didn't want to be criticized that way. Mm -hmm. And also I was very isolated. Like I didn't really have any friends. And I think partially that was like jumping around from colleges, having a baby, being sick. So I didn't really have like a bestie that I could call and be like, oh my God, you won't believe what my husband's doing. Like Right. Nothing like that for me. Did, did you have family members involved in your life at all at that point? Yeah, my family is super involved in my life, um, which is interesting. Like my parents now, because I've like moved far away from that house, they live like five minutes from me and they like help me with childcare and they're amazing. And they help me with my house now. Like we call them engineer dad and the fairy godmother. Oh, I love that. So sweet. But it was like, for me, it felt like there was, something private about marriage that like I wasn't supposed to talk to my parents about that part or I think what I was most worried about is if I tell the truth someone will tell me to leave him yeah I don't yeah, want- totally yeah yeah and I, of course too, like, when you're in a relationship that is toxic or is abusive like anything on that scale it's not bad all the time yes. right and so I remember like the night we moved into the lake house I was like, this is the best day of my life. We Mm. put our daughter to bed in her room and it was on the other side of the house because this house was massive. Whereas before we were in this tiny cottage and we basically slept in the same room and you like step on the wrong floorboard and it creaks and she wakes up. We would listen to the TV on volume zero and just read the subtitles, like literally volume one. It would (laughs) I like put her to bed and I like couldn't find my husband because he was on the balcony with a bottle of my favorite wine. And we were there in our home that we had spent five years creating. And he mm-hmm. was like, I've never loved you more than this moment. And he was looking at me like he'd never looked at me before. Mm. You know, like, okay, I'm in the right spot. Like yeah. maybe he just needs help in other ways, right? But I'm a good wife. And I think also women we're told to be good partners. Yes. Yes. Or, and we have to be more nurturing than our male components. If you're in a sure. relationship. Mm-hmm. 
yeah. So it gets juicy. Are you ready? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm ready. I'm ready. Is this too much backstory so far? No, no, no. Not at all. Good. Perfect. Okay. More, more. <laughs> more is coming. So this house, I just want to stress this too, especially for those who are watching on the YouTube. It doesn't look like my current house. So it was like the epitome of Scandinavia modern. Everything uh-huh. is white. The walls are called perfect walls. I don't know if you've heard about that, but it means there's no, no texture. Not no. even a little bit of texture on the wall. It's really hard to do. Um, and it was like these beautiful wood floors and all matte black, like drawer poles and things. So it was very like calming, serene kind of spa. Like it took in the natural environment around it. We were so high up that our balcony was in the trees in these like maple trees. And in the fall, they would just turn like these fiery colors and you Um, just coffee. Can you give me the address and we'll bleep it out because (laughs) I want to look it up right now. Take a look at it. Okay. So anyway, um, this house was just like very, very Scandinavian. Okay. And we moved in and we lived there for a year before shit hit the fan. Wow. Ooh, yeah, I saw Becca's face. Uh, oh, <laughs> yeah. It's oh, like, wow. this yeah, is, we're this looking is like, at the house right now. You are, you are underplaying it. It's I mean, kind it of is, like, yeah, it's unreal. Well, it's kind of like one of those houses where it's like this person's like in the, the person like makes robots, you know, or something <laughs> in a movie. And like, this is their I'm house, you know, you know best compliment. thank you. Um, <laughs> I feel like it's the house where you have a horror movie set where like someone is outside calling you and you like know someone's looking at you. Yeah, 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 totally. Yes. Yeah, because there's a lot of glass. Yeah, because it's yeah, it's just so it's that 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 house is just so stunning and perfect that you're like this has to be there has to be something outside that's bad, right? <laughs> you're right it, though. It's so it, different from your current house. Yes. What's interesting is I actually had this really horrific feeling that it was haunted. That there mm. was like something very sinister there. My current house is haunted, but uh-huh. a ghost cat. So it's a different energy. Do you have a ghost cat? And oh we, my God. Can talk, we can talk about yeah, that. Yeah, like I'm going to have to know about the ghost cat in a little bit here. Um, so we lived there a year and I was like working as a student teacher. So if you're not familiar in teaching, you have to like teach for a full year, like yes. full time and not get paid. And then you like get your teaching certificate. So I was doing that. I was loving that. I was like, this is my calling. I'm mm. so happy. My daughter was spending all day with grandma and grandpa. Like life was good. Um, by the way, my parents were helping us with the monthly payment. So if you're wondering, because I wasn't getting paid, my dad was like, oh, I'll just like help with that part of it for this year. So that's mm-hmm. how we were able to swing it that year. So then it was our like fourth or fifth year wedding anniversary. I don't remember numbers anymore. And we went out. I was like, let's plan something phenomenal. I'm such a planner. He's like, let's go wine tasting for like two hours. And I'm like, okay, whatever. So we go wine tasting and there were always just like lulls in the conversation. Like he just wasn't very conversational and that's fine. But as you can tell, like I'm a verbal processor. So he would only talk about himself. So I like asked some questions and then it was just like dead. And I just, you know, sat there drinking my wine and thinking, is this how it is? Like I wasn't Mm -hmm. unhappy and I wasn't thinking of leaving him. I was just like, what am I doing wrong? Mm -hmm. Like I'm not fun enough. I'm not talkative enough. I don't know enough about his interests. Like I would watch and like movies that he loved without him. So I could talk to him about them. Like I doing everything. I'm like, something's wrong with me. The next day we woke up in the lake house. He rolled over. I looked at him and he said, do not touch me. And I was like, sorry, what? 
you know, like, I don't know, kiss good morning or like something. And he's like, don't touch me. I'm leaving. So he went like for a run. He was gone the rest of the day. And that's really weird when you have like a two-year-old because it's like, who cares for the child? So, you know, I just took my daughter and I was like, he's in a mood, but he had never said anything like that. So the next day he was the same. And I was like, what is going on? Like, are you like nauseous? Like, are you sick? Is something happening? And he said, I don't love you anymore. And I'm like, please explain. I'm so confused. And I thought, by the way, we were trying to have a second child because we had moved into this house. It like everything I had gotten my dream job offer, which is where I still work. So like money was going to be rolling in soon. Right. Like, you know, we had the second bedroom for the kid. So I was like, can you tell me why you don't love me? And it was back and forth for a month for an entire month. We lived in that house together and we like slept next to each other, but he would be like, don't touch me. Don't talk to me. Don't look at me. Like all these weird new boundaries. So then finally, after a month, I was like, you have to tell me what's going on. And the reason was because I wanted to fix it. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wrong with me because I was very codependent. Mm-hmm. It's my fault. Tell me how to fix it. He said, I will take you to brunch like on this day. And I will tell you why I don't love you anymore. Well, he picked the day before I started my teaching job. Oh yeah, of course. Nice. Yeah. Cool. 150 students, hour long commute. That's the day he picked. So So what, so when I said like, I don't love you anymore, like, was there any further conversation of like, I want to get a divorce or anything like that? Or he was just kind of shut down and was like, Oh no, no, I don't love you anymore. (laughs) Like, I don't want to look at you. I don't want to be around you. And then he just, yeah. Yeah. Very like almost matter of fact, like it was a fact, like "Mm, just don't love you anymore. Like even it was very flippant the way it like was said. So, and I, at this point, like kind of falling back in my eating disordered ways, like I was running like six to 10 Mm. miles on the treadmill while my daughter was napping. Uh I was making food. I was spending like two hours making this extravagant meal. I would like get him his favorite stuff. I was like buying him new clothes. I was like, oh my gosh, look what a good wife I am. Together for eight years at that point. So that's, you know, not insignificant. No. He eventually, you know, we sat down, had a conversation and it took him like three hours to produce the information. And I was like, you know, is it because of this? Is it because of that? And he's like, no, you have to guess. So I guessed for three You have to guess? You have to guess. (laughs) Whoa. I mean, what? That was not fun. I got very creative. But for me, I'm like, there's no way it's somebody else because- I usually know where he is, like he's golfing a lot or he's at work, but it's a really tight knit community. Like he doesn't have eyes for anybody else. He's like, he was very attractive, very smart, but people would like ogle him. And he was just like, no idea. Right. So mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm not worried about that. So then eventually. Well, and also then when he says, I want you to guess, I'm not going like, there's another person. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck it like, what, what, what power play you're trying to, to right. do right now. Well, it's, it, to me, it almost seems like, he was trying to dig through like what I thought was wrong with our relationship. Right. And, mm. but all of my answers were me, like I'm not making enough money because right. money mm. for him was a huge stressor. He's like, no, that's not it. I'm like, I'm, I'm not pretty enough. Mm, not really. Like, I, it's just like me, me, me. So then finally I was like, is there somebody else? Like, do you love somebody else? And he goes, yes, that's it. I do love somebody else. And 
he had, honest to God, what is almost, almost a secret family. And he walked out the door and that was it. Wait, wait, wait. What do you mean almost secret? Well, it's like, okay, I think an actual secret family, like a legitimate one would be, you're like, you have two homes where like two wives. Yeah, sure. Right. So like she worked with him. That's Uh how they knew each other. And she was married, but Uh she left her husband. Uh She had kids with her now Uh ex-husband, but she had a house. So he basically just went and moved into her house. And her kids. And that was it. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. So when how how much later did he leave after that? Like, did he was he literally like you guessed it? So bye bye, sister. And I he goes, what should I do now? And I remember I actually was happy because I finally knew what was wrong. Like you know, after a month of being tortured, right? And he, by the way, admitted that for an entire year he was trying to be horrific to me so that I would leave him so that he oh, could be God. so he was like really trying to push me away so that whole year I was hanging on for dear life I'm like oh, I'm gonna be a better wife and a better mother and I'm gonna make more money oh and just God. make me happier and like he was intentionally like pushing all the buttons so and I didn't notice like yeah. uh, to me that was just normalized which is kind of scary yeah uh, so he had already had a bag packed, which I didn't even realize. So he's like, what should I do? And I said, you know, I think you probably need to like leave and go think about what you've done. And he's like, you guessed right. I have my bag and I'm ready to leave. Ew, that's creepy. You should scream at me. Like you should be yelling at me. And I was like, I don't know. I feel kind of a sense of calm. Like now I know what's up. I'm like, okay, you, and this is big for me because I can't set any boundaries even now. Like it's really hard for me. So I said like, you go away think about what you've done and come back when you're ready to apologize Yeah, and we'll work it out. Like I wasn't going to leave him. Yeah, yeah. I didn't care. I didn't even care at one point. I told him he could have us both. Like that's yeah. how really, really messed up it was. Yeah. But he had the bag packed and he left and he used to come back, you know, like every night and he would come talk to me and then he would just go back to her. It was very strange. And then it was a few months before I even filed for divorce. Yeah, but he never like came back to live in the home. He was, he was just gone. Did you feel kind of a sense of relief too that where you were like, oh, this isn't like, it doesn't have to do with me? Or were you still blaming it on yourself kind of? Well, what's strange is it's been like two and a half years since this went down, but time feels odd in the pandemic, right? And so yeah. for me, sometimes it feels like it almost never happened. And sometimes it feels like it happened yesterday, but I don't know. It was like, now I've lost my train of thought. You asked if I was. No, I asked if, um, I asked if you sort of felt a little bit relieved because it wasn't like your fault necessarily. Like, or did, or I was saying, did you kind of blame it on yourself? You know, I guess the thing is even now, two and a half years later, I don't know what happened. Mm. I don't know why he left. I don't know how long the affair went on. Like I've asked him, I'm like, how he wouldn't tell you. No, he still hasn't told me. I've never met her. And he has joint custody of our child. Like it's him every other weekend. She, he married her. She lives in their house with their kids. I have no connection. So it's that part to me is kind of bizarre that sometimes I do still find myself wondering like, why? I, I don't know why. So I feel like maybe I don't feel the sense of relief, but it's taken a lot of therapy to realize I don't need to know why. Right. It doesn't matter. And you know, he made this choice and everyone's kind of settled now. 
And I guess I'm still, you know, picking up the pieces a lot, like, you know, emotionally, sure, mentally, physically, but yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, two and a half years ago, that's not, that's not long ago. Like this is still, you know, it's still recent days for sure. Yeah. Well, and in the beginning days too, like I, he really did wind up cutting me off from my community. Like most of our community sided with him. It was weird. Like he told me I couldn't tell anyone about the affair. So people would come over and ask for him and I would have to like call him and be like, come over, pretend that you're here. Yeah. His grandparents would be like, Hey, can we come look at blah, blah. And I'd be like, come over and like play the role of husband because I was so worried that people would, you know, know what happened and then they would be mad at him. So if it had been, you know, non COVID times, I probably could have like made some friends and like had some life experiences. And so that's where the two and a half years feels weird too, is that pretty much right after that, like things shut down. And then I was just in, well, yeah, I had sold the house by then, but it's, did it collapse? Did that kind of facade collapse at some point? When, when, when did people find out that he had had an affair? Cause I'm, I'm assuming that people did at some point. Yeah. There might be people who still don't know, uh-huh. um, very possible, but it was, I think it collapsed when I realized that he was telling people very slowly mm-hmm. and he was like telling it in a way that made me look bad. Sure. And, you know, I told my friend, I'm like, I don't know how it can look bad that I've been cheated on and have a two-year-old that I'm yeah. a parent here, It, but it was weird. So I was expecting people to like, bring food and like bring hugs and everything. And I mean, there were like maybe two or three people who did, but that was kind of it. So then eventually when I realized that he was telling people, I was like, the house is getting sold. Like, I don't have to keep up this image because I was so afraid that people would see a sign out and be like, why are you selling it? Like you just built Mm -hmm. it. And I'd be like, oh, because my husband has a secret family. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Okay. So you, you said your friend convinced you to leave him. So can you kind of walk through that? Cause you're saying then did this whole thing, this went on a few months of like him coming back to the house and sort of like, yes. Well, was I it, commute. What was that? Oh, I was just gonna say, was that done done with you guys too? Like there was no more, like when he kind of left for that other woman, there was like, was that kind of like the axe in the relationship or was this, there are these still kind of like threads binding you other than of course your child and your home. But you know, like, did you guys still have any sort of like romantic entanglement that was sort of. We definitely did still because he wanted his cake and eat it too. Right. And so sure. he come over to the house. I put my daughter to bed and then yeah. like he would kind of stick around and maybe sure. we would talk and then he would be like, okay, going, you know, going back. And I was like, wait, I thought we were like talking this through. Cause I don't feel like we ever had like any sort of restorative conversation, right? Like the mm-hmm. last real conversation we had was like, guess why I don't love you. Right. Not like, Hey, this is how our relationship has progressed. This is how I like want to parent our child together. Like yeah. we didn't really have that. We did go to marriage counseling And the counselor told us, so like he said, he would go with me once a week. And then we saw her individually and the counselors like make a list of, you know, what you expect out of this. And I, my list was like, he needs to know what he did wrong and how he hurt me. And he needs to know how to, you know, like win me back, which felt really selfish. And his list was like, Marita needs to know I'm gone. 
whoa Merrick clearly had I, I don't think there was any way of salvaging it but no he did string me on for like many months but he never like lived in the house again like he never slept there again he was probably progressing his relationship with family number two like way more than uh-huh uh-huh so I made this friend at work I noticed that she had a child that was the exact age of mine and I noticed she didn't have a ring on her finger and I was still wearing my ring so I was like oh I'm like friend you you might be a single parent I might also be a single parent I'm very unclear what I am right now so I remember I was kind of prying I'd be like so where do you guys live like oh we live here and I was like is that we like like with a partner yeah the child so anyway I think I just flat out asked her I was just like are you married like you got to tell me because I don't know if I am and and she was like no so she had this really empowering story of a very I would say similar situation except with no affair and she and I went out to dinner and I think the best thing she did for me. So if you have a friend who's in a similar situation, I would do this. I would just be a listener until Mm. the friend asks for advice because anyone who was around me, who was like, leave his ass Mm. or, you know, like he's a horrible person. If someone calls him a horrible person, I would no, he's not like, I would defend him until the end. Mm -hmm. And so this friend just listened. And so I would say something like, you know, he comes over every night And he talks to me and he says that he still doesn't love me anymore. And she would just kind of sit there and she'd be like, hmm, I wonder how that makes you feel. And so she wouldn't even be like, how does that make you feel? It's like, I wonder, she's like, hmm, I wonder how that makes you feel. And then I'd be like, well, I mean, I feel really sad. And she's like, do you think that's what a healthy marriage looks like? Ask questions, right? Yeah. So eventually then kind of hearing more of her story, I was like, wait, this is the same thing. And she was already divorced. Like it had just wrapped. So I could kind of see like my end trajectory, but I also saw her like living her best life and thriving and being this amazing person and teacher and mother. Like she and I are both very like peaceful parents to our children and our kids got along so well. I was like, okay, maybe this isn't the end of the world. Mm. Maybe I can leave. Yeah. And so then. So then, okay. So basically I can't get into the details, but the moment I did decide to file for divorce was like the scariest night of my life. Yeah. And so that was when I was like, I feel scared. I'm coupling this with, you know, everything that's happened. Yeah. I don't want to live in this house anymore. Like, I think it was almost like my decision to sell the house came before my decision to file for divorce. Like they literally, I think I listed the house and filed for divorce on the same day, but it was kind of like, I'm done with this house. One of the things was I hated the kitchen. And this is like this great kind of allegory for the whole thing. We spent so much money on this kitchen mm. and it was so ugly. It was <laughs> so awful. Like- I think it's ugly. So if you look at the pictures, like, okay, it's pretty cool maybe, but <laughs> I wanted it. But you all- hated it. Yeah. You hated I it. I always hated it. I hated it the minute I saw it. So like, I wanted an all white kitchen, like really amazingly kind of sterile and clean and the backdrop for like good food. And he wanted a totally black kitchen. Yeah, it is very black. Yeah. Yeah. But the countertops were gray. And so it was like black cabinets. Yeah. It's like white cabinets, gray countertops. It was the whole thing was bad. The cabinets like had almost like permanent grease stains on them. There's something about like the matte paint in them. And 
when they put them in, it was immediately, I thought, I don't like this, but I couldn't say anything. And it was kind of like my marriage. Mm. I was like, I don't know if I like this. Like Mm. I I lived in New York city, maybe. I mean, I don't really want to live in New York, but like, I wish I was in my PhD program. I wish I was living in Egypt and conducting research. I wish that my partner was interested in what I study and wanted to talk to me about things I liked. And it was all kind of encapsulated there. So that night I called my parents and I was like, I am going to Portland. Um, like I was driving down there with my daughter. I'm like for the weekend, I'm never coming back to this house. I have rented a house like sight unseen, which I just lived there for a year. And I said, will you help me? And they packed everything. They packed my entire house, all the furniture. They lugged it down all those 50 something stairs. And they did like the hour drive between the old lake house and the new house. And I never set foot in it again. Cause I just knew I'm like, I, I can't even be sad about yeah, this. You, you, oh. you just needed it to be done. Yeah. So he, I'm guessing, and I know you can't get into detail, but I'm guessing that you're implying that he was angry about you filing for a divorce. Yes. Well, he, I filed for divorce after I got very scared by him. Yeah. Um, he just, the outbursts were very random to predict. Yeah. Um, and then in filing the court stuff itself took like a year and a half to get divorced Mm -hmm. partially because of COVID and partially just the amount of disagreement over parenting schedule child support, our savings account. Um, a judge ruled because we were only married like four or five years or something that it was a short-term marriage. So he got to keep the savings account. Whoa. And it was significant at that point. It was so confusing. So like there was just thing after thing. And I'm even at that point, I was like, I don't even really care about money, but by the time he left, I had $20 in my bank account and no job. I had no gas in my car. I had no food in the fridge. And I had a two-year-old and I was living in this million dollar house. Like I called my dad and I'm like, can you lend me $500? I will pay you back. I'm so sorry. I can't even get to work tomorrow yeah. on my first day of work. <laughs> yeah. D- so did you get half the house? Yeah. So we did get to split the house and we sold it for which is unfortunate, almost what we had into it. So we didn't really oh my God. back out of it. Cause you know, at the end of creating the house, you're like, well, yeah, I want a heated bathtub with jacuzzi jets because we're going to live here till we're 90 and dead. Yeah. And yeah. Of course. You sell that. And someone's like, I don't care. I just got a bathtub. Yeah. I'm not going to pay extra for that. So I don't care about the germ, the German hand door handles. I know. I'm like, <laughs> you don't care about my handle. Yeah. <laughs> I do, but no, I'm never getting that back. Um, gosh, what else did we have in there? Like this custom hand drilling that went like across the whole balcony and, you know, everything was just bespoke as they say. Well, okay, yeah, so, no driveway, you know, don't be practical. Yeah. No, no. Okay. But so then you filed for divorce, <coughs> sold you. the house. And then how are you now in this funky, fun house that you're in now? I don't know. (laughs) Okay, one more quick pause. And also our proceeds from this episode will be donated to Marita's nonprofit of choice, the YWCA. 
So broads, as I get older, and no shame in that, baby, but as I get older, I've noticed that what my body needs to feel its best changes a lot. Like what I needed at 19 is certainly not what I needed at 29, but that's why I'm obsessed with my care of customized vitamin and supplement routine because they provide exactly what you need to feel your best at every age and through every stage because wellness is a journey, not just a one-size-fits-all forever fix. Well, okay, like Jess said, Care-of is all about being custom. They have specially tailored high-quality vitamins, supplements, and powders that ship conveniently to your front door every month. You know I love my supplements, and I love Care-of. They're super transparent about all uh, of what goes into their supplements and vitamins and powders, too. And so you know you're getting top-quality stuff. So to get started, you take care of short but in-depth quiz. They'll ask you questions about your health goals, your current lifestyle, and then based on those results, the team at Care of will create your personalized wellness routine. You can either stick with what the team at Care of recommends or you can change it up if you know what works for you already, which is kind of what I do. I'm like, I want this, that, and that. I know just what I want. And I love that Care of is really transparent, like I was saying. They've got science behind why they're the rec- recommending the things they're recommending for you so you feel good about what you're taking each day. Your daily wellness regimen is shipped in these adorable daily packs that are so convenient for traveling or throwing in your bag. I keep a few in my car for those days when my mornings are rushed. I love that Care Of is a super easy thing I can do every day that makes me feel good and is personalized to me, my lifestyle, and my health goals. For 50% off your... Yeah, 50% off. It's a pretty good deal. For 50% off your first Care Of order, go to Take Care Of dot com and enter code chatty 50 that's take care of dot com and use code chatty 50 for 50 percent off your first order well this week i learned a new fact which is that when you choose one pre-loved garment instead of a new one you can save 77 gallons of water which to me means one thing and that's that i need to start thrifting more asap Thankfully, there is one place to find pre-loved items that beats them all from Gap to Gucci at up to 90% off the retail value. ThreadUp.com is about to be your new favorite website. You guys, I love ThreadUp. I actually just posted my latest ThreadUp haul on Instagram. I got the cutest, cutest ever blue midi skirt. I will be wearing it all this summer. I went on the website with some specific items that I wanted. And that's why I love ThreadUp so much. You can filter down to really specific details to get just what you need. So I literally searched blue midi skirt and pages of them came up and I was able to find just what I wanted. It's a lot more efficient than traditional thrifting when you're looking for that one specific piece. And of course, you can filter through your sizes, all of that. There are over 2 million like new items to shop and they bring in thousands of new arrivals daily. So literally whatever you're trying to find, there's a good chance that you'll get it on ThreadUp. Plus, like we talked about already, it's so much better for the planet and you'll save money compared to buying new. Sounds like a win-win-win to me. ThreadUp is offering a deal just for new customers. So right now, head to ThreadUp.com and get an additional 50% off plus free shipping on your first order. So if you get a decent haul in that checkout basket and you're getting 50% off and free shipping, woo, you're going to get some good deals, my friend. Anyway, that's up to an extra 50% off plus free shipping on your first order just by heading to threadup.com. That's T-H-R-E-D-U-P.com for up to 50% off and free shipping on your first order. So when I got it, Because that was only three years ago, right? Less I was three years ago. this house for a year and a half. No, I, I'm sorry. When you sold that house? Yeah. Yeah. It was okay. like 
like two and a half, three years okay. ago. So when I finally got a therapist, the therapist asked me, what do you like to do? And I did not know what mm. I liked. I had no more hobbies left. I feel like all my free time was spent on caring for my child, which was so fulfilling and amazing. But it was like, I do not know. Like they would ask me, do you like to be outside? I'm like, I don't know. Like, mm. I don't know anything about myself. I was so numb. And so I really took like a year to reset and it was helpful for me to rent a space where I could just not decorate at all because I think I would have created the same thing again. Like I would have just made another Scandinavian modern and I'm not against right. Scandi modern. Like I think your guys' houses might be. No, no, not mine. Mine um, is a nothing because I don't have an <laughs> interior designing eye. <laughs> My house just is a mixture <laughs> We like a mixture though. Becca, you're more <laughs> eclectic, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I yeah, I would say eclectic, uh I would say like I guess vintage eclectic. I don't even know what the words are. I don't know the genres, I suppose, of home decorating. Me neither. But I have imposter syndrome calling myself an interior designer, but <laughs> go for it and I'm just gonna say it until it's true. You well, you should say it because we have now seen both homes and that is an interior designer. Also if you <laughs> I think, you know. Also, if you had designed an interior, it's kind of like with uh, being an artist. It's like, okay, well, if you've designed an interior, if you've made art or whatever, then you are that thing. You might yeah. not be a good one, but you are one, you know, like. <laughs> oh, yes. No, absolutely. So I took a year to like reset and figure out what I liked. And then I wasn't planning on buying a house. Like I was, I had a little bit of savings from selling the lake house. And then I was like putting some money in there every month. And I was helping that original friend who convinced me to leave him to move into her home. So like we were celebrating her and the fact that like she bought mm. her amazing house and it was just so full of love and it was incredible. I was painting her kitchen cabinets for her. Cause that's how I show love. It's like, let me come paint your kitchen cabinets. And I drove back kind of a new way. And I drove by this house and I was like, oh my God, what is this little teeny tiny house? I have never seen anything like this before. So within like five hours, I owned it. Like I accidentally kind of bought it. The economy was different, right? I mean, it was COVID times, but like the housing market was not insane yet. Right. But I called my agent, like we got in. I remember there was a line around the block to see it because open houses were like forbidden, right? Mm -hmm. So we got in and I kind of looked around and I was like, I love the kitchen and it has this massive space upstairs. Okay, not massive. My house itself is only a thousand square feet. Mm -hmm. Upstairs, it was like these really weird ceilings. And I'm like, this is the perfect playroom for my daughter. Like, Aww. this is what I'm going to make. Like, I'm so excited. And then as the day progressed, I was like, oh, it's a lot of work having your own house. Like, I kind of like renting. And I was thinking, like, I hope I don't buy it. I hope I don't outdick <laughs> everybody else. And then my agent called me. She's like, you own it. And I was like, shit. <laughs> like, because what I associated with home design was like stress. Like I'm stressed that things are broken. I'm yep. stressed that things cost money. I'm stressed that we don't agree on things. Like I'm going to have to mow the lawn, which I still don't do because my sweet father comes and does it for me. <laughs> so sweet. I need to grow up and do those things. Um, but you know, that was stressful. And so we got into it and it was by the way, built in 1900. It's the oldest house in my neighborhood. And wow. my neighborhood is just outside Seattle and it's like on this river trail. So we have access to like this community forest in our neighborhood and this river and this biking trail. You can bike all the way from my house to Seattle. It's like 26 miles, I think, to be able to go all the way 
um, we're by like wine country and the best schools and we can walk to like a boutique movie theater. I mean, it's like gold, right? So we got in and this room was painted pink. It was kind of like, you know, peachy pink, sort yes. of like fleshy. Yes. My daughter walks in and she's three at the time. And she's like, this is a pink room. This is the rainbow house. And oh. I'm like, I will make it a rainbow house for you. And so oh that's what I've done. <gasps> and now it's literally called the rainbow house. And now it's literally called the rainbow house. So every room's a different color. Oh my gosh. It just kind of goes through the colors of the rainbow. And so my daughter, Farah is just the light of my life. She is my biggest cheerleader. Like I dropped her off at school today and she goes, mom. So she's four and three quarters now, by the way. (laughs) She's like, mama, I know you're going to be on your podcast today. I'm so proud of you for being on your podcast. You should be able to talk about whatever you want. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So I call her the art director. Sarah knows what she wants. She knows exactly what she wants. She's extremely decisive. Uh I am the producer. So I just make what her dream is a reality. Yeah. And that's what's happened to the house. So she's like, yeah, this is the pink room. Everything needs to be pink in this room. There can be a pink couch because that's her favorite color. But then there has to be these yellow chairs because they're mama's favorite color. Uh We should have a soft rug and we should have a rainbow bookshelf and we should have portraits of these ladies, which she calls like the painted ladies. And every day, she's like, bye ladies. Have oh my gosh, how cute. Yeah. And so she just like makes it up. And did, did, did you start with the living room? Where did you start with the house? Okay. I started in the laundry room, which is now called the kitty room. Everything has a four and three quarters year old name. Yeah, like sure. I'm sitting at the nummy nook because <laughs> the tiny room, we have a nummy nook. It's a teeny tiny nook for nummies, you know? I like that. So, so I started cute. with a kitty room. And I actually, I think one of my favorite things about design is like redoing stuff. I love to just do and redo. I made it like polka dot. And then I did a bright yellow door and it stayed that way for about a year. And then I was like, Ooh, all our cats like to be in here. So I wallpapered it with like cat wallpaper Fun. and the kitty room. Love it. This was the second thing I wallpapered. And then I just kind of got addicted to wallpaper. So like, you know, you didn't really have a background in doing this aside from designing your house. So how did you feel like you were able to gain the confidence to make big decisions? I feel like oftentimes even people who are like confident with their style choices, like we get so caught up on making decisions like about our homes, like, you know, should I do pink wallpaper all over the living room and get we get very like kind of tripped up over Mm -hmm. analyzing what decisions we should make? Yeah. So how did you kind of, I think because I was so that way in my marriage of like overanalyzing decisions, I've swung the other way mm-hmm. in sometimes a very reckless manner. Like I have repainted our hallway seven times. <laughs> you guys, it's white now. Like it doesn't <laughs> make sense. Like how could I have not just reached that conclusion the first time I painted it, but no, <gasps> it to be seven different colors before it was white. So I don't know. I think I do tend to be a really spontaneous person. That's what I've like learned about myself from like this new growth. Like I am a different person than the person who got married because the person who got married was like always the 18 year old who was steeped in trauma and didn't have any self-confidence. And so I think now with like a lot of therapy and self-work and like finding my community of people and like loving my job and gaining confidence, having this amazing family, I'm like, okay, now I can trust myself to be like, "Mm, wallpaper my whole damn living room pink. And 
I will say when I told people originally, like I would show them wallpaper, they would be like, don't do wallpaper. It's you have to like commit to it forever. And it's like so expensive to put up and it's like really hard to take down. And I've unwallpapered something. Right, right. It was awful. Don't listen to those people. Just do what you want. Like <laughs> I listened to those people way too much. The first time yeah. I an article out about me, people online were horrible. They were like, I hate her house. It's so awful. And like, I think I cried and why did I cry? It's my house. I don't care what someone in London thinks about my house. No, you love it. Yes. Be a part of this amazing community. But if you don't love it, go away. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So I guess I've always been that confident, but it's just very hidden from me. Mm. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's true with everyone. Like maybe we all know just what we want, but we're like just listening a little too much to the exterior noise. Well, and that's your inner child, right? Like so much inner child work is happening over here. And that's what I learned from my daughter is like, she knows what she wants. So mm-hmm. yeah, maybe I test the color of this wainscoting for a few different pinks. Although now I don't even color test anymore. I just go in and I'm just like, yeah, give me this thing. And they're like, oh, <laughs> like that. But yeah, your inner child, your intuition, it knows. So just listen to it. And I think people get caught up on what's in style. Like Mm -hmm. I designed a Scandinavian modern house because I thought it was the perfect house for my perfect marriage. And guess what? My marriage sucked. Mm -hmm. And my house, some parts of it kind of sucked too. Mm -hmm. That's okay. And somebody else lives there now and they probably love it. Or if they don't, they've changed the parts they don't like. Yeah. Mm. I think that's a good point. Okay. So so powerful. How can you kind of, I mean, what is your advice to people who are like, oh, I've always just lived in the same kind of, or maybe, okay, I was going to say someone who's always lived in the same kind of white walls, or even what about someone who has a dorm room or something and they can't, you know, wallpaper it or whatever. What kind of advice do you have for people making their space comfortable and more them? Mm, I mean, I think if you're in like a rental situation or a dorm room where you're like living in your parents' house, shout out to all my students who are listening. (laughs) I was in that work today. I love you guys. They ask for individual shout outs. I'm like, ooh, that's going to take a while. (laughs) So if you're in that situation, I think investing in things that are like removable, right? So if you're in a dorm, like your linens are what you're going to want to change. And you can like really go all out and like get really expensive linens or you could like get something vintage or thrifted or like make something. I don't know. Like I'm sure you are capable and can figure that out. So that's like a fun way to add a pop of color. And like, I love houses with white walls and I think it's really fun to then add the color in there. Like you can have a totally white dorm room, you know, with peeling walls and all of the like little thumbtack marks and everything and old tape from posters. And then this like beautiful comforter that looks however you want it to look. Mm -hmm. And it will be so fun. And I think art too is like really accessible now with like digital downloads. You can see so many cool artists. Yeah. On like, Etsy, you can purchase a download for like $4 and yes. print it out and get a cheap frame at Goodwill or whatever. Absolutely. Or a cheap frame at Ikea, which yeah. you can now order on Amazon, or you could just like tape it up with cool washi tape. Like there's so many ways to add cool, fun color and, or not color. You could do like black and white art. I don't care. Constantly <laughs> 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 changing the art in my house. I just, I found that I love art and like, maybe I am an artist kind of like you were talking about. So I just have a lot of art and I rotate it through the rooms and it makes me happy. Yeah. I love that. When you were, when you were then uh, designing the rainbow house, did that 
did that bring up a lot of like emotion for you? Because the last home and the first home that you designed was with this ex-partner and all of the trauma that you went through with that. What was it then like to, from scratch, have literally your own space? I think the amount of time I spent like in a rental, not decorating, kind of like cleansed my palate. And so that was a nice way to just kind of like get rid of like the critical voice in my head, which is always his voice. Like I still have it. Sometimes I was even thinking, I'm like, what would he say about this? He would say, Oh, the bachelor is a waste of time. Why would you go on a podcast? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, all these things. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm like living my dream life. So I feel like that critical stuff all the time, but I don't know if I've ever felt it when designing my house. Like sometimes I'll think like, Oh, I know he doesn't like pink, but moves on and they'll be like oh how much do I love pink I didn't even know I like pink and then I started the rainbow house and now it might be my second favorite color Mm. and and now it's like not only have you started this house that you love like Instagram loves it you rent do you rent it out for uh for shoots and everything I would love like the dream is to buy a second home like can you imagine in my neighborhood and then like rent this out as an Airbnb so I can like share it with as many people as possible. And it's like such a fun place to visit too. So that would be really great. But yeah, right now I do rent out for photo shoots. And I also, my Instagram is mostly like the antics of all my pets because (laughs) we're basically like an informal animal sanctuary, which has always been a dream of mine. So do you really, how many, how many pets do you have right now? Why don't you guess? (laughs) Please note, we're not zoned for chickens, which is like sad for me. So we can't have any livestock. Yeah. There's just cats and dogs. Uh, 12. I just, I felt 12 too. <laughs> not 12, luckily. Not 12. See, I'm not crazy mom. Okay, okay. okay. No. no, I'm like, <laughs> under 12 is good. Okay, so I've got two big dogs uh-huh. and we have six cats. Oh, okay. Um, so Eight. one of my cats, we had three cats and then two of the cats did not practice safe sex. And there are more cats. So we have month old kittens. Oh my gosh. That's so fun. Please don't come at me. I had their spay and neuter appointments and they kept getting pushed back because of COVID. And the day before, the day before I caught them in the throes of passion. Oh, they procreated. And I thought to myself, I'm like, I'm not going to take the little female cat just in case. And then sure enough, one day she was like being super weird. She was just like aggressively snuggling my face. And then I'm like, why are your nipples so different? I'm like, oh no. And I Googled it and it was like, is your cat like aggressively snuggling your face? Are their nipples different? Your cat's supposed to have babies. Like, oh shit. Yeah, she had babies. She had five kittens. One was like born underdeveloped. And then one of them, unfortunately, met an untimely end. But we've got three left. And all the animals have like really bizarre names. So that's fun. Mm hmm. Yeah, so the cats are Una, Tuna, and Luna. I love that. The kittens are Boo, Roo, and Shrimpy Kazoo. Cute. Oh, so cute. Well, names everything. So my daughter was th- trying to name all of our chickens from the full cast of that Spirit TV show. So she's oh. like <laughs> Lucky, Boomerang, Spirit, Chica Linda. Uh, and I can't remember what the other ones are, but those were all the chickens. I don't even know which one's which one, but. But that, all of them have gotten pretty much killed off one by one until we have one final survivor. Tragic. So that happens. I'm so sorry. I mean, it is an interesting way to talk about life and death. <laughs> it, like, you know that the cat's mated. Like, she knows all about that now. And like, 
you saw the birth happen and like one of them didn't make it and yeah you have the important conversations yeah she goes it's okay they just live in our garden now so I'm like okay yes we're all right you know I'm, like, <laughs> I'm sobbing and she's like it's fine Lisa wasn't my favorite cat but <laughs> her favorite cat and I lied to her it's the only time I ever. oh no yeah it was boo short for blueberry george okay. and it was definitely boo but I told her it was moo oh <laughs> You know what? Sometimes it's just better to, to do better what you way. have to do. Right. I know some days she's just like, thank goodness it was moo. And you're like, yikes. Sorry, Sorry. Moo. <laughs> Sad. Sorry, cat. Yeah, Throwing we out. Ghost cat. And so I think that's very much contributing. Now the little feline spirits have kind of reawakened it. Oh, my God. Okay, wait. Okay, before before I get off track, because I also want to ask about your old haunted house, but I am curious, like, what are your kind of biggest hacks for interior decorating stuff? So you did mention like art, um, which seems like a really good one. Like you said, you can easily get downloads online. Any Mm -hmm. other kind of like fun, easy hacks? Well, for people who are worried about using color, I would say like I design really monochrome. Like I'm interested in people who can like combine a lot of colors. I don't know if I'm that kind of person. So like almost everything in this room is pink or like mm-hmm. varying shades of pink. But with the yellow chairs, it's like everything is warm. Mm-hmm. So if you're worried about like, oh, I don't know how to do color. I would just go find a color first that you like. Yes. Even if you're like, oh, I'm set on doing a blue room. Like maybe you find a yellow that you like, which would be really cool. And then just paint something that and like paint all your walls, paint your ceiling. Your ceiling looks great when it's painted. I paint all my mm. ceiling. Makes your like um, ceiling look higher as well. It's just kind of more cohesive. And then if you're like, oh, I don't know if stuff fits, like just decorate it with stuff that's that color. And yeah. I love like offer up and my mom and I are addicted to offer up. Yeah, I love offer like too. 15 postings a day. She's like, do you like this? <laughs> I send her probably 15 back. So you know, stuff doesn't have to be expensive. I love to reuse things and also like give things away. You know, if like my bed wasn't doing it for me anymore and I was like, Hey, offer up, like somebody just come grab this thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Love that. I love decorating with monochrome. I would say also like, I think I've talked about this before, but choose happiness over style. So, you know, people might not like it, but how often do you care about if people like your home? Like, are you entertaining all the time or is it just the space for you? You know, and I think follow that intuition and what your inner child wants. Yeah. I love that. I love that. I know for myself, I'm like, I, there's stuff that I've been wanting to do (laughs) with the house that I'm like, I really like this idea. And my mom, who's very good at designing things, uh, I told my mom and my mom was like, yikes, that's a big no. And then I'm like, all right, I guess I won't. But you're inspiring me. I'm like, fuck it. Like, if I like it, then I like it. If Evan and I are into it, cool. You know, yeah. my, my mom doesn't have to like it. She has no. her own house. No. <laughs> but your parents are like, they might come around. Like my grandparents weren't like that so much in terms of coming around to the things. Although now they're like, oh, I'm so happy for you. But It's my parents who, I think initially I remember them saying something like, oh, I don't know about wallpapering the whole thing, like the whole thing. Or like my dad builds everything for me because he's amazing. And so I'll be like, okay, I want like the posts this far apart in the wainscoting. He's like, are you sure? And my mom's like, don't you remember anything? Just do it. Like, (laughs) and then afterward, now my parents are like, 
what's our next project? Like we'll do anything. So they, they'll believe in you maybe eventually, or maybe you just don't care. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. But my dad is engineer dad because he builds everything with me and usually with my daughter too. So that's like really fun. And then my that's mom is a fairy godmother because things will just be done when I'm at work. Like I'll come oh, home. I love that. The dishes will just be like put away and like the cats will be fed and she'll just like have left a little something on the counter. Aww. It's like my little fairy godmother. She's so sweet. So special. Also, I think people kind of like just going back to color and stuff. I think people overestimate the commitment that like painting a wall is because paint's pretty cheap. Like a gallon of paint to cover one wall is like, I don't know if you get like inexpensive paint. Isn't it like 60 bucks? Or like, less. Yeah, paint prices have definitely like increased, but a gallon, I bet you could find for like Fifty, forty dollars, maybe at Home Depot. Yeah, 50 yeah. Sherwin Williams or Benjamin Moore. And you probably won't need more than like three gallons of paint for like a room, like a de- like a normal sized room. So it's like, and then if you can put in a Saturday afternoon, you can even get some friends in to help you or whatever. That's not that much of a financial investment to make a really big difference in the room. And worst case scenario, worst case, you're gonna have to paint over it. But yeah. you know, and you do something different. But it's not that big of like a financial And it changes so much. I know like when I've talked to my mom about, you know, what I envision, Mm -hmm. my mom's always just like, resale value. (laughs) That's always the obsession is. Ever listen to anybody about resale value? Poison. Right. Okay. Thank you. Because my thing was, and I'd love to hear your take on this, but as I'm hearing and processing this, I'm like, listen, mother, no shade, my capitalist queen, but like, this is my home right now. Like, and I want to enjoy every moment I'm in. And yes, sure. I understand that there is this piece of like, you know, people want, you know, what, what it's going to look like one day for an open house or whatever. And like the price, but at the end of the day, like, you know, you can buy some of that paint later or whatever. Exactly. And it's all about enjoying my time in my home right now, not worrying about the next person who's going to potentially pay for it. Well, yeah. And unless you're spending like $8,000 doing like hot pink exterior paint, I might go, just so you know, might make it diff- <laughs> more difficult to sell your house in the future, if you know, and then you're going to have to pay that same amount to repaint it. You know, that, that could. But yeah, if yeah. you're doing like interior walls or like, you know, you're just right. knocking down something, who cares? Yes. Great. You know, our house, Sarah did request that it was hot pink on the outside. Really? Are you serious? Yeah, it is not though. It is that not. <laughs> the one veto because I remember talking to my dad about it. I was like, well, we could be that like legendary hot pink house. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. We could be, although people hate the color it is now. It is like mm. kind of a really dark gray, almost black with like cream trim. Because mm. like, Kind of you know a nod to how old it is and one of my neighbors walked by and she's like why did you paint it that color and i'm like i don't care <laughs> because i liked it but i think the thing about resale that like really hit me is that regardless of what color your wall is like it could be the brightest yellow or it could be white i guarantee you the people who move in are going to repaint it that's true so even if it's true. like you know neutral Someone's going to repaint it like to a neutral that they like better. And so I don't know, all the Silicon wild homes like are so fun. Oh, yeah. Anyway, so that's that's true. Also, like, you know, you shouldn't think of your house in terms of that. Like whenever we were looking at a house, like my dad would always be like, 
And so what? When you go to sell your house, the market might be way down and you might lose $200,000 on your house. Okay. It is, you know, how yeah, much you can you try to control? It. Yes, you yeah. can't. It's like you need to do what is going to, you know, make you feel happy and like make it a home to you and make it special. Oh. To me, I feel like it's kind of that generation and also like capitalism as well of like, yes, can I get out of this? <laughs> like, it's a right mindset to be like, I'm doing something for my home so that in years from now, I will be benefited. It's like, right. how about all the years you spend in it? You're going to yes. love yes. odd mindset, but you're right that like everybody talks about resale. I get questions all the time. Like, oh, when you sell your house, are you going to paint it back to white? And I'm like, well, it wasn't white in the first place. Yeah. Um, but also I don't know if I'm going to sell it. And also, no. I'm gonna, <laughs> if I do sell it, I'm going to show it like this and yes. I'm going to be like, Oh, I got a Marita house and it'll be great. Yeah. Uh, yes. I love that. Oh my God. Marita cut to a few months from now and I'll send you pictures of the new inside of yes. my house. <laughs> Please just let me come do it for you. I paint people murals all the time. Oh my God. Don't oh, even tempt so me, girl. <laughs> don't even tempt me. You know, friends in LA and come down to your house. Oh, I love. I really would. I, that, I was going to say painting is also my therapy. So I actually discovered you guys during Clarentatia season because I oh. did a mural in our playroom with like 30 different paint colors because Farrah wanted a rainbow. And so I did this rainbow mural and I was like, okay, I need a lot of stuff to listen to. I need a Love podcast. podcast. <laughs> and so I would like watch the episode and then I would like listen to you guys. And so there's chatty broads all up in my house. Everything I painted, listen to you guys. And so it's my fun time. Like you can make it fun. You could do it by yourself. You could do it with your friends, with your family. You could listen to an audio book. You could have a dance party. Like it can be therapeutic. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. Also, I feel like I'm even just now starting to undo and I'm someone who has always liked doing stuff in my spaces. But sometimes I forget that you can just change shit. And especially you can you can do it economically, too. And I sort of stopped thrift store and antique store shopping because I was like, oh, like I my house is full. Like I don't have any more space for stuff. And then recently I was like, oh, wait, I can just like you're saying sell that on OfferUp that I found on OfferUp and I can get some new shit at the flea market, which is so fun. Like you can, I think there's so many economic ways and way more sustainable ways to shop for stuff in your house by going to estate sales, going to flea markets, even shopping at Goodwill um, online. And I, I always have people messaging me being like, I never find the stuff at my thrift stores that you do. And I'm like, okay, well, there's still like Facebook Marketplace, like people ship stuff on OfferUp, people ship stuff on Goodwill.com. Like there's so much cool stuff out there and it doesn't have to be expensive. And if it's cheap, you can constantly cycle your rooms out and just do new stuff all the time. It's true. And I found like sometimes we have some really good mid-century stuff on our OfferUp, but like it's more of the like really niche antique stores like in downtown Seattle. Like there's a store that has it is literally packed to the brim they have dressers on top of dressers and they're like eight dressers and i'll be like i want the one on the bottom <laughs> i wonder how this is gonna like work out but if you do your research like we have a lot of um salvage yards and so you can salvage like really cool like fixtures for your house or like a new front door so i salvaged a front door or sorry just a door for my daughter's room that's like mini Whoa. So she walks through this little mini Whoa. door. Um, I got my hundred year old clawfoot tub from my neighbor 
Nice. My neighbor had it in their yard and we like had a personal connection that we didn't know about. And they were like, oh, we've been saving this for like someone who will lovingly bathe their children in it. And I was like, that's me. And so <gasps> we walked it two blocks down and somehow fit it through my front door. We didn't know it was going to fit and installed it there. It's like, it feels loving too. Yeah. It's great to shop for new stuff and support brands, but it's also really great to get old funky stuff good old-fashioned craigslist too i just found a craigslist listing in la the other day for yeah a salvage yard full of antique doors and windows and he's like everything must go five five bucks a window ten bucks a door i know and that's a cool way to build a house if you've got a little uh, yeah time, i knew somebody who did that like you can do the plans and be like okay we've got these like 20 windows like they're all a little bit different sizes but we're gonna like plan it and do it that way Yes. Or so make cool. like a little she shed or something. Yep. Trust me. I got plans. <laughs> She's got plans. Got plans for Grayson to execute. Well, Marina, I have a question for you. Do you have any through like this whole your whole story? So there was just there was so much trauma and so much just stuff that you had to deal with and process. And then also on top of it, like also taking care of a child, being a parent and being a single parent. And now you have this space and you're doing what you love to do. And I can't imagine like all of the therapy and the process that, you know, it, it takes to, to, to get to where you are. But do you have any just like tips for anyone who is, you know, coming out of a toxic relationship, um, just ways to to maybe heal and like love on yourself and maybe things that you obviously, you know, you have this home that you put so much love into, but just tips in that um, regard? Yeah. Well, I think there's tips for different types of people. Like I'm more right. of an introvert. And so like, I like my alone time. I like to be able to explore my own hobbies. So if you're a little more introverted, I would say get a new hobby. Mm. Like, so for me, I started running with my dog and I started training for marathons, which it sort of backfired a little bit because I like went way too hard on that. And there was a lot of anger in my running. Like I'll tell you. But you let it out. And, yeah. But that to me, like it was something I'd never tried before. And I have so many limiting beliefs about myself that I always told myself, you know, since my cancer and I haven't been physically able, mm. I can't run. Like I would tell people I can't run. And I'm yeah. like, why would I say that? And so I just went and ran like, you know, an eighth of a mile with my dog. And I was like, I did that. I'm going to do two eighths tomorrow. So I think finding some sort of like really fulfilling hobby, even if you just like order a watercolor set, and like do some watercolors, like puzzles for me has been amazing. Cause the thing about being single and a single parent is like when your kid goes to bed, it's just you. Right. Yeah. One in the house. And so I would like put on my show and put down a puzzle or sometimes I would like FaceTime my best friend while I ate dinner, you know? So it felt like I was with somebody. So that was really cool. But I would say if you're more of an extrovert, like find your community yeah. I have found like people who have been in similar situations. I feel like they just kind of gravitate toward each other. I have such a strong single mom community and okay. they're kind of all over the place. And like some of them are from Instagram and they don't even like live in the U S and we talk every day, but there's like, you know, meetup like that website, yeah. like yes. a meetup for like single moms of two-year-olds. Like you might be able to do that. Or like I have a Malamute, you can find a Malamute meetup. Like you could really actually get some sort of community there. Cause I think also with divorce or separation, you wind up losing, you know, someone who's important to you, but also like all the people you were connected yeah. to yeah, and your network. So yeah. And so like, you might need some new friends, like hold on to those old friends 
But it's weird to me that I feel like I don't really have any old friends. My oldest friend right now, I met her when my daughter was born. Wow. Like four and three quarters of years ago. Yeah. Yeah. That's not very old, but it's what I have to work with. And I feel like I'm really selective about my friends, not in a picky way, but just like, you get me, you make me feel safe. You mm-hmm. love on me. You're my cheerleader. So find your people. Love that. Mm, I love, love that, that so much. Well, Marita, this was so much fun to chat. You, know, you are a, a bright light of a human being. And I'm so you know, glad that we were able to talk wanna, with you. You want a quick intro to Ghost Cat? Yes. Oh, yes. yes. yes Tell yes, us yes, about yes. Ghost Cat. Okay. So this house, since it's 122 years old, at one point it was abandoned and the renters left their cats inside. So the cats replicated as cats do. Yes. Mm -hmm. The procreation. Each other because they didn't have any food. And so by the time animal control came, there were over a hundred cats in this house. They had (gasps) destroyed the house. They had peed all over the walls, all over the floor. So the person who owned it before me, like literally ripped out everything like everything was brand new on the interior because there was just so much cat piss and shit yeah a hundred cats a hundred cats and they all were like you know rehomed so lovingly like I really want to meet one of these cats I think this was maybe like only three or four years ago like it wasn't that long ago so there were all these cats in here so my neighbors had been telling me that Well, the first night we were here, I was really scared that it would be haunted. I'm like, oh my God, I bought a historic home. It's going to be haunted. I'm the only adult. I'm so afraid of the dark. First night, I hear this rattling and I come out and my kitchen like silverware drawer is rattling like this in front of my eyes with my cat sitting on top of it. And I'm like, I'm done. I'm I'm selling it. I'm selling it right now. I shouldn't have bought it. Yeah. I was like, I am leaving. That morning I walked out and every cabinet door was open. Whoa. Every, I was like, that was almost worse. Like yeah. every single thing was open. And so I just sat down and I said, hi, ghost cat. <laughs> Cause I was like, it's gotta be cat. It just felt like a cat. And I'm like, I am looking for a safe place and I love you. And if you want to live here, I will feed you cat food. And you know, we've got other cats for you to play with and stuff. But <laughs> just please don't scare me. <laughs> I really did this. I'm like, I really need to feel safe. Yeah. And so, you know, you kind of just like, let me know what you need, but don't ever do that again. Just scare the shit out of me. Yeah. And since then things have been pretty good. So ghost cat will like knock a picture off the wall, like right yeah. in front of me. Sometimes a door will open. That's like been latched, but it's been okay. Like ghost cat and I had a good talk. <laughs> ghost so, cat's like, I'm no longer opening every single one of your drawers and shaking them. Did not like that. The other night though, um, I have been keeping this door closed so that like the kittens are safe in my bedroom. And like after the one kitten perished, like I watched and that whole, like the door that was basically locked, like just opened. And I was like, ghost cat, no, thank you. <laughs> ghost cat's no. like, ghost cat's like, let the kittens free. <laughs> like opening the doors. <laughs> like, no, this is not, they do not want to also oh be ghost. Ghost cats, they can live. They don't all need to be ghosties. Oh my gosh. Ghost cat is a good spirit, but she is like, she's very rambunctious. Oh my God. As kitties can be. As kitties can be. I know because I hear like running upstairs all the time with none of the kitties up there. was like little kitty paw pets. Okay. Would you tell people where we can go look at your house? Like where we can find you online? If people want to book a shoot, can you give it, can you plug all of that stuff? Please. Thank you. Okay. So my Instagram is the rainbow house and it's like the underscore rainbow with two W's Mm -hmm. underscore house. 
that's because somebody else took the rainbow house with just the one W, but that's oh, okay. I feel no, you. It's fine. I'm fine. Um, so all my stuff's there and like, we do really fun things like wallpaper Wednesday. We like find fun wallpapers. I do puppy of the day because my animals are so reckless. Like there's a prize every day for the animal that is the least destructive. <laughs> nice. I have a cat who poops in the sink. <laughs> only poops in the sink. So she doesn't get puppy of the day a lot. So if you go to my Instagram and give me a follow, we're just all about positivity. Like I just, cool. I want to create happiness and create a community. And then if you want to book me, there's like a link tree in there. So you can just like click yes. on this. But you I can see. hire me. Like I love to mostly do like murals for kids or adults, children at heart. I will design your whole space if you want. Or if you want to do a photo shoot, it's on Peer Space, and you can find that on my Instagram too. So I just want everybody to feel the love. Oh, I love it. And I feel that just oozing from you. It's so wonderful. And we'll make sure to include all of that in the episode notes, Broads. So I'm just really happy. I didn't think I would ever be here or be this happy. And I'm just starving and living my best life. And so my kiddo, which is the best part. Good oh for you. Goodness. Yes. We love to see it. We do love to see it. Thank you so much, Marita. We so appreciate you. Love having a Broad Squad member on and just, yeah, just everything about you. Thank you so much. And uh, we'll chat soon, Broad. Chat soon. Make sure to check out Marita and the Rainbow House. We'll chat soon. <laughs> 